What is the flipping crack, everybody? Um, welcome to episode four of Flip the Script with uh, me, Connor O'Keefe. Um, first of all, thank you so much for everybody that gave me feedback on Jethro Tull's motivation machine. A uh, bit of a different twist to the first two episodes. Um, it was uh, I actually got a few people saying that it was very blind boyish, um, and that it was very kind of hot takey. Um, but yeah, no, I just kind of wanted to try something out. I was like, do you know what? I've kind of done enough there now in the first two episodes talking about myself. So I said, do you know what? I'm going to do a bit of a story. I'm going to tell people a bit of a story. So I, I, I kind of went with that approach and I enjoyed it. This episode's, this week's episode is is going to be more kind of my own perspective and my own experience. Again, you know, um, and it's around an area that people are very, very interested in um and, and that area is around is about alcohol so it's going to be my kind of own experience and my own story around alcohol and the perspectives that i've picked up now that i'm nearly two years you know two years without alcohol you know haven't had a drink since january of 2019 so nearly two years like pretty long time in irish terms do you know what i mean in irish terms jesus that fella's been off the drink for a good while you know what i mean like anywhere else, it's it's not like it's not too, you know, uncommon to to see people that you know that don't drink like you know what I mean, or that that haven't drank in a long time. But over here, it's like, you know, people think you've got some sort of fucking superpower that uh, you're able to be off the drink for that long. But anyway, I'm gonna talk a bit about that. But I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of go through like a few things that I've been kind of going through uh, over the last week. Um, you know, and uh, I wanted to tell you guys a bit of a story as well, right? I was standing inside in the car park there with my, with two of my homies, you know. I'm standing inside in the car park, and do you ever just get like a feeling that you're being watched or something? You know, and like what the fuck? It's like an uneasy feeling or something. And I looked around, and it was like we were in a scene from Alfred Hitchcock's movie The Birds. If you haven't seen it, go see it. The Birds, right? We were surrounded by crows. They're just crows popping up fucking everywhere, like. And I was just thinking about how much I hated crows this summer. And, you know, like, I, I'm, I'm a nature man, you know what I mean? I'm a nature man. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a woodsman. I'm an outdoorsman. Do you know what I mean? I love all the creatures and all the animals, but fucking hell, boys. Crows really tested my patience this summer, like. You know what I mean? I had a nest of crows. I had a crow nest right outside my bedroom window right so every single morning i was woken up by ah, 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 ah. sorry no for doing that now for you boys you know, burst your fucking eardrums there but that's what i was waking up to every day like crows crows crowing you know what i mean they were doing what they do like crowing out my front and Oh my god, boy! I've never been closer to like just like tr- taking taking the law into my own hands, climbing up the tree, pointing finger at the crow, and going here, boy, shut the fuck up because I'm trying to fucking sleep here, like you know what I mean? You know, it's fucking half five in the morning. You know, keep it fucking down. But anyway, I didn't go climbing up the trees, and I, I I don't know what happened, but they moved or something. They were like, you know. 
maybe one of them got a promotion, they moved to a better neighborhood, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? One of them's earning a bit more money. Said, look, we're gonna fucking we're gonna we're gonna get a new place, like you know what I mean? We get a duplex, you know what I'm saying? We they're they were in a bungalow. You know what I mean? They're going for that two story house. Maybe a nice condo by the beach or something, you know what I mean? Anyway. They moved. But what I think actually happened was I got a bit of help from another bird, right? So earlier in the summer, I heard a kind of a kind of knocking around my porch, right? I've got like a big glass porch to my house and opened up the door anyway inside in a, the porch was this 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 flabbergasted robin that had obviously been trapped inside in this porch for a long time flying around the gaff and like he kind of flown himself into a corner and he was just baited it now this fella was dead tired dead tired Fien was like barely alive now I'd say like it was a hot day too like do you know what I mean so it was making it worse like it was like a greenhouse inside in the porch like you'd be baking inside in this thing anyway little bird was trapped inside in there and I kind of went towards it with my hands as gently as I possibly could and, and I managed to kind of to kind of catch him in my hand right and his little head was popping out, out from my from my hand and I kind of held him kind of loosely like you know it's like it's like the way you'd hold an egg or something you know it's like oh it's so brittle like his bones you could feel his bones his, his heart was beating a million times an hour and he was um he, he, he was so frail, like, you can feel his little bones in my hands, and his and his head was kind of, you know, darting around the place while I was catching him inside my hand, I was looking at him, you know, our, our eyes met, our eyes met for, for, for just a moment, you know, he looked at me and he was like, okay, I think, I think, I think you're, I think you're my friend, and I was like, I am your friend, I'm your fucking, I'm your fucking homie right now, like, you know, I'm trying to save you from this, from this hot box, right, so, we kind of both look at each other and we kind of give us each other the kind of the nod, like, you know what I mean? I'm nodding right now. The kind of nod to kind of go, yeah, look, we're homies. But anyway, so I open up my front door and I open up my palm. And he doesn't kind of fly away straight away. He kind of sits there on my palm. You know, he's, he's resting. He's bewildered. You know, he doesn't know what's after happening. It's probably his first, like, real contact with a human being. He sees us around all the time, bopping around the garden. He sees us walking down the road, walking around the place all the time. Thinks we're probably super strange because, you know, seeing us all in different colours, not all with red down the middle of our chests, probably thinks it's weird. And now a big, lanky, dopey-looking one with with these weird kind of things over his eyeballs has has me in his palm. So he kind of he he sits there for a minute and he's just like, oh, what is happening here like and he flies off but before he flies off he kind of looks back at me and i think the look back was like you know i'm going to be back i'm going to be back to help you so all i can assume is that like robins are are like ridiculously territorial they're vicious motherfuckers like they actually they rip each other apart and anybody else who gets all up in their grill gets ripped up as well you know so what i think happened was this boy knew that these crows were hassling me like they, he knew that, that, that they were giving me hassle. Like. So, I think the robin actually went up and sorted it out for me. You know what I mean? Little AK-47 tucked in between his wing, like, you know? Flew over to the crow's nest. The crow's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Like, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge, I'm a huge crow. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, you're not going to be able to bait me up. Like, you know? Fiend pulls out an AK, lays down the whole family. 
no more crows waking me up in the morning but anyway that's my story i think i think i think a robin that i might have saved at the start of the summer you know moved these crows out of there for me anyway you know what i mean anyway that's my story but yeah it's been a weird week for me um it's actually quite late right now because i had a weird day like i I woke up today and don't you wake up and and you've set an alarm to get up early and you've woken yourself up naturally so you can only assume that you've slept in he's like i'm not i'm not fucking i'm not waking up naturally at, at fucking 10 to 5 you know and I was meant to be up at that time so that I could meet uh, my, my coach and another chap, John Phelan, the bike fit physio, to do a VO2 max test. I was meant to be there in the gym for six o'clock. I look at my phone in the morning with my heart in my throat and it's 6.52 and I'm like, oh my fuck. I jump out of bed and enjoy that feeling when you're late and you're like, oh, these people have been waiting on me and I set this whole thing up. My heart was beating on my chest. I rang the boys and goes, look, I'm going to be here. There. I'm going to be so quick. Went down, did the test. You know, I was all rushed. Didn't have a proper time to warm up everything. Anyway, got the test done. Didn't didn't want to let that kind of get in the way of getting the test done. Felt really shit about it. Had my NCT then today and spent 600 quid on the car to get it ready for NCT. It, it failed on a few things. Not, not Nothing major, but look, I will have to put an extra bit of money into the car. And you know what? It's just part of life, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, like the car is an 08 Skoda Octavia. Like, you know what I mean? Car is not worth jack shit. It's barely worth 600 euro. But you know what? It's kind of worth it to me because I have the car and and, and it's, it's you know, uh, it, it's doing me well. It's never fucking let me down really. Like, you know what I mean? In, in, in a big way. Like, you know, so that was kind of shit. And then, do you know what? The fucking NCT dude goes, here. You've got a nail in your tire, so like you'd want to get that fixed because that's you failed. That's one of your fails, like you know. I was like, oh, okay, cool, thanks. The dude took the nail out of the tire. For anyone who doesn't know, you never take the nail out of the tire unless you're going to repair the tire there and then, because the nail is actually stopping the air from coming out. He took the nail out. I come out then later on. My my tire is flat, and then I I go into the back and my and my spare is flat look it's my responsibility to know that my spare has air in it and that it's not flat like you know what i mean so look this is my fault you know what i mean i it's my job to look after the maintenance of my tires and my car but i just thought that it was a bit kind of like you know anyway i don't want to blame the nct dude because it's not his fault i should have my tires in order but it was one of those days where where things just kind of went a bit askew it wasn't the worst day ever you know i'm not blown out of proportion but it was just a weird day because now it's it's two minutes past 11 at night and i'm recording the podcast do you know because i know that tomorrow i have a busy day i have a busy sunday tomorrow saturday night so I'm, I'm i'm you know i'm i'm trying to get the podcast done anyway will we actually get into it and will we actually discuss what i actually want to discuss um because i think this is a very very interesting one it's it's a topic that a lot of people have have asked me about on my Q&As is about alcohol. It's like, how have you stayed off the drink? You know, how are you able to do it? All this kind of stuff. And and like, f- literally, I'm hearing myself in all of those questions because like, I would want to know when before I <laughs> before I started this whole journey of like, you know, living a healthier lifestyle, I'd have of course been asking, how the flipping flip did you do it? Like, you know what I mean? 
how did you flip that script about alcohol and 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 get it to kind of work in the way in your favor like get your mind to work in in the way that you wanted it to work around alcohol and it was like do you know what it's it's a hard one to explain like in, in your 15 second instagram story so i'm glad that i actually get an opportunity to break it down here because i think a lot of people will be surprised and i think a lot of people might get get something from it too but um jesus like what i'm going to do is i'm going to start with my own background on on alcohol and i'm going to go through my own kind of stages you have to break it down into stages really like you know and i think that um like i think people will really it will really resonate with a lot of people um certain aspects of this talk on alcohol you know what i mean because here boys we've all bought the same ticket you know what i mean at some point in time we've all been on the same boat at one point in time like you know what i mean we're not all completely different like you know so i think you know we can all draw these you know similarities from people and there's kind of there's there's sometimes comfort in knowing that people have went through what you've went through or people have experienced things you know or, or uncomfortable things like you have and it kind of makes you think yeah do you know what like I, if they can get through it i'll get through it and if they can find some sort of you know reasoning around it i will too you know so hopefully that will be the case for you guys you know what i mean my background into alcohol is a weird one lads because i spent most of my early adulthood where pe- most people do most of their drinking i didn't really drink at all because i was toy boxing the whole time so from the age of about like from the age of 18 to about 23 i only drank a handful of times because i never really let myself kind of relax and let go and enjoy myself in that way because i was training for fights all the time and i felt like it was my fault because like all of the other lads that i was training with would always kind of you know go out for their couple of beers and that all the time and, and live their normal you know 18 19 20 21 year old lives but i i just never let go in that regard and also back at that time in my life i was going out with a girl that um you know tried to control my my alcohol uh usage as well do you know what i mean and i was kind of in a state where i was kind of um i suppose i was happy to kind of go along with that because i was so in love with toy boxing that if 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 it meant that i was able to to do that i'd give up the drink you know what i mean if she's if she's not mad about me drinking uh, I'm just going to turn my attention to something else. So Thai boxing became that that outlet, like you know what I mean. So um, Thai boxing and that relationship ended kind of in around the same time, believe it or not, and that opened up the floodgates for me. Because when I when I finished up Thai boxing and I and I was single, I was like, boys, you know, I've got some catching up to do, like. I hadn't been on the Leaving Cert holidays getting pissed in the ass with all the boys. You know what I mean? I hadn't been to college balls or rag week or freshers week, all those, you know, crazy college nights and weeks. You know what I mean? Where you're just rolling over into drinking and drinking and drinking. I didn't do that stuff back then. So when I got the opportunity, it was like a baptism of fire. By I was like, oh, my flipping days. Um yeah i hit i hit drinking fairly hard and it was like such a a weird thing for me to kind of discover at like 23 years old like a, the proper knowledge of nightlife you know and there's loads of other aspects 
that come from that as well and one of the biggest kind of aspects for me was like relationships and wi- and uh, relationship with with women with females with 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 girls you know what i mean with uh, the opposite sex because you know i'd been with the same girl since i was 17 like you know what i mean you know it was uh, it was such a such a strange thing for me to be cast into this uh into this unknown world like you know what i mean as a young fella and um but i will i'm going i'm not really going to get into that side of things for for this podcast but let me know if you want me to do the next episode of the podcast on like just my own experience on relationships and with you know dating girls and talking to girls when i was out and drinking and my relationship and association with girls and and alcohol and all of these things because jesus christ like that's been an area of huge growth for me um over the last two years and it had to be you know what i mean so if you want me to do the next episode of the podcast on that send me a message because um you know i always take um these these into account when i do decide on what i want to talk about for the podcast but anyway alcohol is a strange it's a strange thing because for us more so than anybody else as irish people it's like part of like it's it's it, we assume it as part of our culture you know we're irish we drink do you know what i mean and that is all well and good to talk about and joke about and all these kind of things you know like you know ah jeez the irish like you know what i mean good for a piss up and now up for the crack and there's nothing like irish crack and all that kind of stuff and i actually truly believe that there is nothing like the irish wit and the irish banter like you know what i mean it's fantastic but at the same time homies like we have to realize that we have an unhealthy relationship with alcohol i'm not here to lecture you here now on this podcast but we do we and i have had i had for many years a very unhealthy view on alcohol and it was fueled by this idea that that's all part of irish living and the crack is getting pissed out of my skull and and then realizing how much damage that was actually doing to me is all part of this journey that i was on so when I got this baptism of fire and I started going out and drinking and all this kind of stuff, what it what it was doing was masking all of the different pains that I had, was going through. Like one of the most, you know, recent ones in that time the, in terms of closeness to proximity was I was after, you know, I was after getting my heart smashed to bits by this girl that I had been with for five years. Um... She said to me that she ha- had cheated on me. But to be honest with you, and look, I don't know if she is going to listen to this podcast or if you know anyone that you know she knows is going to listen to the podcast. But to be honest with you, I really don't blame her. Um, I don't blame her for, for doing that because I feel like that was the only way out for her at that time because I was so wrapped up in Thai boxing and so wrapped up in doing that. I, I really just didn't have the, the energy to put into you know a proper healthy relationship especially like going into the sixth year of that relationship i just didn't have i didn't have the go forward and i wasn't emotionally stable enough either because you know i i just had so much so much anger in me you know i had so much anger in me at that time and it was anger that i only really discovered when i did actually give up alcohol kind of where it was coming from and so 
the alcohol was masking that pain of losing that relationship but also losing Thai boxing I felt like it was like a fucking a death in my family or something like that when I lost Thai boxing you know and that masked that pain for me and I used that to I suppose you know distract my mind from those type of things those those palpitating things you know that that anxiety feeling that you get when you think about something that's uncomfortable and you get that raised heart rate you get that burst of heat you get those you know you get that kind of pang in your chest that something isn't right you know that fight or flight is 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 being um is being engaged you know and i i kind of drank to stop those those feelings to stop those things from happening sorry i'm moving around my chair now and it's actually disturbing me but anyway so i had to um i had to to really kind of uh separate myself from that from what alcohol was doing for me in that in that time was it was it was giving me this distraction from from really dealing i suppose with a lot of things that had happened to me throughout my life and into my kind of teenage years and into my 20s but um i i really wasn't able to give it the light of day so we have the stages of giving up drink now boys gals everybody how many times have we said to each to ourselves i am i'm giving up the drink I'm giving up the drink. I'm just I'm going off of it. I'm I'm just done with it. Like, you know, that was I got absolutely obliterated last night. I feel like shit right now. I've got a pocket full of loose change where there used to be, you know, crinkly money. There used to be foldable money inside my wallet. No, it's just shrapnel inside my pockets. You know what I mean? I, like if I jumped into the River Lee like at, with these pockets full of change, I'd sink to the bottom because it's just buckets of change in my pocket from like rounds and pints and whiskies and all this kind of stuff the amount of times that i woke up in a hungover haze reeking of cigarettes burger sauce on my pants and on my shirt and just feeling like a heap of absolute poos a sack of poo saying i'm going to give up the drink the amount of times that i had that frame of mind ah that's it that's it that was my last big blowout now and i'm gonna i'm gonna pack it all in now and and all of those times that I said dry January, dry January, I'm gonna go dry now for the month of January. I'm setting myself that that you know that time that I'm gonna I'm gonna be thirty days alcohol free. Here, boys, like I was tricking myself. Like January is typically the easiest month to be sober in. <laughs> it really is. Like everyone's broke from Christmas. No one wants to go out because it's usually cold and wet and miserable. And everybody else is on dry January. So there's no one. There's like there. It is the easiest month. It's the most cop out month ever for me to select and go. I'm going to do a dry month. You know what I mean? Try doing dry July, Connor. You know what I mean? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Try doing dry July in the height of summer when it's fucking beautiful out. And everybody's up for having a couple of drinks in the sun and stuff like that. Try and do dry July, bud. So I was picking all the that that was the easy route, and I was and I and I didn't even realize that I was picking the easy route until I actually was able to take a step back and go, yeah, here you were taking the 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 path of least resistance. There was no resistance to what you were doing there, like you know what I mean. It was handy, and all of those times that I did that, and here even in dry January, 
fucking I failed at doing that more times than I than I succeeded. You know what I mean? I go dry January, I'd get about ten days in, and I go, ah, oh, Jesus, sure wouldn't you love a sneaky pint? And I'm like, but like why, like? You know, why would you? Like, you know what I mean? It's just been, I'm just being dragged into this way of life again that, you know what I mean? We were just fighting. We had woken up in a in bits there around Christmas time about four or five times, like, cursing drink and saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm quitting or I'm giving it up. And like, I used to smoke a heap of cigarettes as well when I was out drinking. So I would wake up like a hole burnt into the back of my throat from puffing Durries, puffing cigarettes inside in smoking rooms and, and being in smoking rooms, inhaling other people's smoke and shit. You know what I mean? Trying to chat up girls inside in the smoking room. You know what I mean? Like thinking back and I know I'm like, you know, how are you alive? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just plowing all of this terrible shit into my body, like, you know? And yeah, it's just one of those things where I think back and I go, Jesus, you know. I didn't have a great relationship with myself, alcohol, cigarettes, all of those things. Didn't I just didn't have a, a, a great relationship with myself, you know. So, when it all actually, when it all actually came to a fore that I was going to give up alcohol, the day I decided to <laughs> was actually, was actually a dry January. I said, I'm going to do dry January. And that was the start of 2019, would you believe it, right? I didn't know it then, but on the 1st of January 2019, I was going to make a promise to myself. And this is actually when the concept of flip the script actually was born, really, without me even knowing it. But what I was really doing was making a promise to myself that I was going to be my own best friend. And when you become your own best friend, you have to flip all of the scripts that you've written in the guise of your own worst enemy. So you are flipping scripts from the fucking get-go because you, you, you know what I mean? You, you, you're going to take over from the worst enemy and become your best friend in all of these different scripts. And, the, and a big one that I wanted to rewrite for myself was, was alcohol was my problem. That's, that's a script that I had written for myself. I get rid of alcohol, I'll get rid of the problems. And, and, and by me seeking to eliminate alcohol in my life, I actually was able to flip that script because I soon found out along the line that it actually had nothing to do with alcohol. But I'll get to that in a minute. So what I what I was doing was I was entering stage one of my transition away from alcohol. And stage one to me was demonising alcohol. Alcohol was enemy number one. It was America's most wanted. Like you know what I mean. It was enemy number one. The, the, uh, anything that I wanted to do in my life, alcohol was contrary to that in my mind. And I'm like, that is you. I need to cut the head off of this snake here now because if I want to do anything in my life, alcohol's going to get in the way. So I'm demonizing it and I'm making it the root of my. You know, the root of the evil of my life. And that's stage one. And that's a hard stage to be in because you've used alcohol to be your best friend all the time. You know what I mean? He's the person that fucking, you know, keeps your mind at bay. You know? Uh, Gives you that social lubricant to talk to girls and to talk to 
anybody you wanted to and to have a good time with your friends and now you're demonizing him because you want to right so i demonizing him in the first stage right demonizing alcohol and i went through that stage all the way up until kind of the end of january and the 26th of january is the last time i i drank alcohol the last time that i got drunk i went out to meet a girl that i had been talking to and i and i had given i had quote unquote given up alcohol for january only january i was saying look i'll give it up till january and then we'll see what happens kind of thing but i decided to cut a chart because i wanted to meet up with this girl and i wanted to have a couple of drinks you know because i was still in that stage of life where i was where i was thinking i'll need drink to have you know a good time with this girl and to have the ability to chat and all this kind of stuff which is just absolute bullshit and i'll get to that too but i went out to meet this girl i was very very interested in her and i ended up getting plastered drunk like obliterated and passing out and like not remembering at all how the night finished waking up in somebody's house thinking like what the fuck has happened here so all of my plans that i had had about having a good night with this girl gone out the window because i had followed the script that i had written around my nights out and the script that i had written about my nights out is the more drink you have the more fun you're gonna have basically so i drank and drank and drank and drank and as long as the party was going i was gonna drink and drink and drink but unfortunately you know it comes to a four at the end you're going to pass out and you're going to you're going to fall asleep so i did and that was the last night that i drank alcohol and i and what had actually happened was any time that i used to slip up in that way in terms of alcohol right the next morning by the berating i used to give myself you are so what the fuck are you doing man going out and drinking you're not meant to be drinking you're meant to be off it you're meant to be training you're meant to be doing this and that and you're meant to be getting things together and all this stuff giving myself shit so i wake up feeling like shit because i'm after drinking and i'm hungover and i'm in bits and then i'm giving myself shit for being hungover so i'm getting it from both ends right but not this morning not the morning of the 27th of January, the day after this night out. I'm actually saying to myself, as I walk down the street, hungover, puffy-eyed, my skin is dry, tight. You know, my, my eyes are still bloodshot and full, full of drink. I walk down the street and I, I hear a different voice creep into my head and that different voice is saying, Connor, we, we made a, a promise to ourselves, man. You know what I mean? We made a promise to ourselves that we were going to be our own best friend this year and and into the future. So this is contrary to, to that, isn't it? This is not really conducive to the way of life that you want to live right now, is it not? I think that we sh- we could do better, couldn't we? And that was a major script flipped right there no longer was i giving myself shit for slipping up what i was doing was realizing with compassion that i'm only human and i'm going to make mistakes and i'm going to slip up sometimes but also taking responsibility that yeah this is contrary to where we want to go you know and those two combined is are a really powerful duo a powerful force for putting yourself in the mind the, the the right mind frame 
when you want to make changes. Because when you want to make changes, boys, gals, you're going to slip up at times. It, it, it happens, you know what I mean? It's just, we're, we're human, it's the human condition. We're never going to be perfect 365, 24-7. We're not. And that's okay, and we must realise that. What we must, what we, what we should try to do is to show ourselves compassion when we do slip up. And that will actually lead to less slip-ups and more lessons learned about the slip-ups. So when I flipped that script around and I started to put the, put the positive spin on it and, the, and the, the, the arm around my shoulder, I felt like I was giving myself a hug. And I was walking down the road hungover, still a bit uneasy, unsteady on my feet. And I felt like I was giving myself a hug. I was like, yeah, come man, fuck. It's okay, boy. It's okay. You know, we're going to move forward. We're going to get through this. And that that's what I would implore you to do. Is to flip that morning after script. If you've gotten out for a hard night out, right, and you give yourself a hard time about it, it, it will lead you to more destructive ways. I promise you. It, it, it led me to more destruction. When I gave myself shit over, like, drinking and, and partying too much, it actually just drove me to drink more. But what I did was, I talked to myself as if I was actually talking to my best friend. If you were sitting down on your best friend's bed, and they were hung over in bed, and they were, you know, really upset with themselves because they had drank too much last night, and all of these things, would you berate them? Would you tell them, yeah, you're fucking right. You, 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 you're fucking drinking and doing all this fucking bullshit. It's not good for you. No, you wouldn't. You'd say, look, we can, we'll do better. You know what I mean? You can do better and you learn from this and move forward. And, you know, the more you, the more you, you, you're going to, to, the more you give yourself shit over this, the worse you'll feel. So we have to learn these lessons and move forward. But what about if we said that to ourselves and we flipped that script and we said that to ourselves? What does that lead to? It leads to a better outlook, a better view of ourselves, a better view of our relationship with with alcohol and with other things. So I would implore you to flip that script. If you are giving yourself a really, really hard time about that, it doesn't pay as much dividends in my experience and in my opinion and for me. What pays dividends is a real like a take responsibility and accountability for what you're doing and be compassionate with yourself and say here look you know this isn't what we should be doing but I think we can do better you know I think we can do better and we can move forward from this so as you kind of as I kind of um, move out of that three four months um, out of out of alcohol out of without drinking about three four months in you're in what what I call the the telling people stage, right? So being being um quote unquote off the drink is still something that you say to people because it's still something that's like n- a new a new part of your life. So I found that I was like making it come up in conversation <laughs> just out of nowhere or like at least it would actually come up in conversation quite often sometimes because people just be talking about going out and having drinks with their mates and all this kind of stuff for a while and then the telling people stages it's still something that you you view as a new part of yourself so you're going oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm actually i'm off the drink four months and they're like, oh yeah jesus christ that's that's great isn't it 
that's savage oh, I'd love to be able to do that but like I think I was kind of in, in a way kind of secretly looking for that validation and that adulation and that kind of pat on the back you know what I mean there was a part of me that was like yeah you know what fucking fair fucks to me but I needed I needed other people to tell me how good I was doing maybe you know and so that telling people stage really still means that I'm still connected with how alcohol how alcohol negatively affects my life and how alcohol is the blame for the bad things it's I'm still making that connection so it's still on my mind and it's not until I make that connection that alcohol isn't the problem but what it is is blocking the clarity to see the real problems so in the telling people stage I'm still saying oh yeah I'm off the drink and, and the drink is the is still kind of demonised a bit but it's kind of you know yeah look it's not part of my life right now you know what I mean and I'm still telling people and so when you're in, when you leave the telling people stage and you enter the third stage you pass the demonising stage and the telling people stage and then you're into the don't think about it stage so you don't really think about that you're actually off drink. It just becomes part of your life. You're over a year maybe off drink, right? Before you reach that stage, before I reached that stage, the third stage, I had actually realized alcohol was never the problem, right? Alcohol was the fuel to 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 keep myself distracted from the real problems so the real problems were the issues that i hadn't dealt with so the big script that was flipped there was i realized that i realized that i didn't lose anything or i didn't give up anything when i stopped drinking alcohol and when i chose not to drink alcohol but i was gaining everything i was gaining clarity i was gaining an open forum within my mind an open dialogue so that i could actually discuss with myself the real issues that were making me anxious and making me depressed and making me feel terrible about myself so there wasn't actually anything to do with the drinking the drinking was exacerbating issues that were there far before i ever took a sup of my first pint I was already feeling these things and when I when it came to the to the not thinking about it I don't think about it stage I really realized that I had actually given myself an awful lot of time to actually you know think through these thoughts so what would happen before was if I was thinking about a thought and I was kind of you know chewing a thought about an, a, a negative aspect of my life in my eyes or or um or i was or a, a a a part of my life that was causing me anxiety usually i'd go out and get plastered drunk and what would happen was is i'd forget about that particular aspect of life and it would just kind of be drowned out in these pints and whiskeys and then the next day i would be so fearing about what i did during the night during that night out that i would just be absolutely you know i'd be in bits with fear that i never i didn't even think about the bigger issue that was causing me you know anxiety before i ever even went to the off license to to to, to buy an agon like you know what i mean so when i entered that stage i realized that you know like drink was never the issue and i think that's where a lot of people may make that mistake because i made that mistake of saying if i give up drink 
that's my problem solved. No, it it, it, it it wasn't for me. And I think that it's probably the case with m- more people is that alcohol is just our crutch to stop us from actually dealing with what's actually going on. So what I would say to people is if they're if they're not able to deal with what's going on in their own head and they find that they're that they're leaning on alcohol a lot is why don't you why don't you talk to somebody, you know? Get counselling services. If you don't have money for counselling services, there are many free counselling services in in Samaritans, um, in uh, Bernardo's and in Paid House. There are many, many services out there for people. And that's what I would say to people to do. You know what I mean? More so than think about demonizing drinking, all this kind of stuff. You know, the the problems are actually starting long before you pick up a bottle. You know? So that's when it's maybe time to, you know what I mean? To, to, to talk to someone about it. And Jesus, man, it, it, it feels like a, a weight is lifted off your chest when you start to actually open up and talk about the things that you're running from. You know what I mean? Um... And now I'm in a stage where people are like kind of asking me regularly enough here, like, what's the story with, um, you know, are you going to drink ever again? You know, are you off drink for life? And my answer always is, I don't know. You know, I, 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 I live my life through a lot of like, I, I live my life with a lot of definites, you know. Yes, no, you know, black and white. But for alcohol. It's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I'm never going to say never, right? But what I say to people is, as soon as I identify a benefit to me having a drink at that moment in time, I'll have a drink. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, boys, I'm telling you now, when I finish up a hike, right, that is the only time I get a pang for a creamy pint of Guinness. I'm telling you now, when I get off of a big climb, you know, I'm out hiking all day and I'm I'm wet, I'm cold, I'm tired, you know, I'm in bits and I get home and I and or I go to a, you know, or used to go to a restaurant or whatever with the homies that I was out climbing with. Jesus. And I'll point to Guinness. There's no one going to you know, point a finger at a man and go, here, you shouldn't be doing that when they're having a nice pint of Guinness after a hike. It is lovely. It is beautiful. But at the same time, by the time I actually get off the mountain right and i get kind of some way warm again and feeling a bit normal and i get into the to the pub, to the pub all i'm thinking about really is the food and i don't actually think that the point is going to make me enjoy the experience anymore i'm already so grateful that i'm able to get out onto the hills with people that i that i really enjoy spending time with or just on my own and getting my body moving the blood pumping the fresh air just filling my lungs fresh breeze on my face no matter what time of year it is whether it's roasting hot and i'm in my sleeveless top getting sun baying down on my back or i'm in the heart of winter and my gloves are nearly stuck to my hands because they're so cold and damp and the the wind is just whipping off my face and i'm rosy cheeked whether or which I'm incredibly grateful to just get out onto the hills and by the time I get off of it, the kind of that 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 fleeting thought of having that sip of pint of Guinness is kinda of gone. And and I'm completely and utterly like okay and content to sit there and eat my beautiful dinner after getting off the mountain and not have the pint. It's just as easy for me, you know what I mean? And I and I feel like as soon as I think, do you know what now? 
this day would not be complete without a pint or this day would be better if I had a pint I'll have a pint because I'm true with demonising alcohol I'm true with stage one stage one is very was very was actually toxic because I was giving myself energy to hating alcohol and alcohol was not the enemy at all there was actually no enemy what actually was the case was I had to be a better friend to myself and that's the flipping that script I flipping that script around when you flip the script about you know turning yourself from your own worst enemy into your own best friend you don't tend to demonize the parts of your life that make up your life you don't really demonize you know your relationship with drink or food or whatever the case may be you don't you don't because you just see them as a part of life and and that's what alcohol is it's a part of life and i don't demonize it for anybody and i'll never ever take anybody's freedom to have a few drinks away from them and i never look down upon anybody who likes to have a couple of drinks you know what i mean because everybody has their own relationship with alcohol and just because i had an unhealthy one and a one that wouldn't allow me go out and have the one or two or three or four it would it would only allow me have the 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 and end up absolutely stupefied drunk then you know that's the that that that's that's the reason why i had to stop drinking but so many people can enjoy alcohol responsibly and have a great time doing it so I'll never demonize alcohol in that way because it has a different place in everybody's lives. But what I would just say to you guys is anybody that's listening to this podcast now, what kind of relationship do you have with it? You know, is it one of those things that you you have a fairly good relationship with it? You know the place that it plays and the role that it plays in your life and you go, yeah, do you know what? I love having an old drink or two. You know what I mean? Settling down after a couple of days of work and just sitting down having a, having a drink or two at home or going out with the with the lads or with the girls having three or four or five drinks having a good time you know maybe sometimes i'd get you know i'd have one one drink over that and and get a bit tipsy get a bit drunk but i'd always you know find my way home feel good about it the next day you know might be a bit hungover but i'm feeling generally cool about my life that that that's an that's a good relationship to have with alcohol because you're using it for its you know recreational purpose whereas me you know i drank quite a lot you know, I drank quite often and I drank quite a lot when I drank. So I was kind of one of those guys where, I, you know, I just don't think I was as good a person when I was drinking. You know, I was one of those people where I was, a, you know, g- like life at a party, bouncing around, having fun, making jokes type of guy as the way that I am all the time, you know, on my Instagram stories and all this kind of stuff. But there was a certain point where I was just belligerent, so drunk and just, you know what I mean, messy, you know fucking falling around the place and just not just one of those guys we go ah connor should probably do away with the drink and and you know what i made that decision for myself and i'm still making it and i'm delighted with it and it's been one that's that's borne a lot of fruit for me personally so i'll never say to people here give up the drink you know i'm not like the the vegans there now they get they get on the plant buzz and they're telling everybody to fucking quit meat i'm like you live your life buddy i'm gonna live mine you know what i mean so I'm never going to tell anybody to give up drink. I'm just giving my own perspective on it. You know? So that's that's the kind of stage that I'm at right now with alcohol. Is like if if, it, if I do see a benefit to it, I will take a drink. But um, yeah, 
what I would say to people that uh, that are thinking about about changing their relationship with alcohol and about changing those aspects about it is it's very important for us I think and and for me to to almost separate ourselves from it because if if you think that giving up alcohol is going to give you all of the answers and it's going to open up all these doors I I don't know if that's going to be the case I can't say for certain that it is because it could happen for you but what I would say to you is is try and look deeper a bit you know of, of of you know and maybe get some help to look deeper about reasons maybe why you 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 might use alcohol you know if you don't have a healthy relationship with it and you find yourself getting belligerent drunk quite often or losing control or drinking a bit too much you know if you want to change that cycle you have to dig a bit deeper you know what i mean um but yeah i think as a nation I think as a nation, Ireland must. Uh, I, I hate using kind of must and need and all these kind of like really hard terms, but I think it would be favourable for the Irish people to separate themselves from this alcohol culture. Like, the reason why we have... It's actually kind of twofold. This is kind of my own little take on this, right? We have some of the most strict alcohol laws in the world, lads. In the world. Like, our, our nightclubs close at 2, 2.30 or something like that. I don't know, really. I'm not, you know, completely, you know, finger on the pulse here. But our clubs close one of the earliest in Europe. We, uh, our, our off licenses close at 10 o'clock, which is just astounding. And, you know, we can't drink on the street, anything like that. You go to Italy, right? You can drink on the street anywhere you want to. And the only kind of real, one of the only real regulations that they have is after 11 o'clock at night, you can't drink glass bottles. You can drink cans and, and, and plastic bottles and stuff like that, but you can't drink glass bottles. That seems fairly fair to me, to be honest. Do you know what I mean? And because those laws are not as strict, you know, I don't think people float the laws. They kind of realize, yeah, do you know what, we got it fairly good here. But in Ireland, I think that they're like, they're tr- that we've got some of the most strict laws in terms of drink driving as well. Because look, we had an issue with that, obviously. And I'm ne- I'm not saying for a second that we should be having softer laws on drinking. But we have them for a reason, boys. We have those very strict drink driving laws because we have an issue with our drinking culture in the country like you know what i mean it's just the way it is and you might be listening to this and going yeah well that's not me fair enough i would also say it's probably not me i haven't drank very much in a long time but it was me and at times it could be you and for a lot of the time it's other people other irish people so i do think that we have to repair because the government treats us like children when it comes to alcohol because we are children with alcohol, me included. When I drank, I was a fucking child. You know what I mean? I wasn't responsible with my drinking. So we that's why we have such strict laws because we, we, we can't really be trusted is what they're saying. We don't trust you with alcohol is what the government are saying with all these stringent laws. So it's up to us to to realize that yeah do you know what like 
I think we could enjoy alcohol in a far better way and I think it's improving you can see the zero sections popping up inside in Tesco's and inside in off licenses all over the place there's the zero alcohol sections popping up and every kind of major brand now has their finger on the no alcohol buzz you know what I mean I think Heineken was one of the first ones like one of the first like big companies to realise yeah here you know what people are kind of getting into the whole zero alcohol things let's make zero alcohol beer and charge them through the fucking nose for it you know what I mean charging through the motherfucking nose for it when I first started going out when I didn't drink I was drinking Heineken zero zeros and it was like a billion quid a bottle and then I just started drinking soft drinks because I'm like nah fuck that I'm not paying five euro for fucking you know a beer that doesn't taste great do you know what I mean if it tasted really fucking good you know it tastes okay if it tasted really fucking good I'd pay a fiver for it do you know what I mean but like nah it doesn't taste that good like you know what I mean I'll have a club lemon please you know Club Lemon, Plenty Ice. <laughs> Beautiful. So, yeah, that's kind of my perspective on alcohol, homies. Like, you know, I think that we need to move away from, from looking at, at it as a as a very linear thing. As we get rid of alcohol, we solve our problems. I think that what we should do is kind of realise that, you know, maybe my problems or my issues or, or the reasons why I have problems or issues with drink are, are coming from somewhere else, you know. And maybe it's time to actually flip that script around and kind of give ourselves the compassion that we deserve and look upon it in a different way. That's the way I think I kind of viewed it after my own journey through alcohol, you know. And um, do you know what? This week has been, as I said to you, it's been a weird week for me. Um, To be honest with you, like, you know, I, I, I've had a very kind of, I suppose, I've had a, a like, I suppose, it's a, it's a crisis of identity, not to be, you know, over dramatic, you know, over dramatic here, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I had this kind of weird thing in my head that I was like, I need to, I need to get, I need to get a job, like, my savings are running out, I need to get a job, you know, I don't know if I can, if I can, you know, keep plowing on and trying to make it as an adventurer when, like, you know, COVID is knocking you fucking down every five seconds. You're like, I'm not able to actually do, I've got some class stuff planned and class stuff in my head and I'm not able to do them. I think it's fairly normal for people to get kind of like, oh, boys, you know, like, they, you know, how many people's lives have been disturbed greatly by this, you know, pandemic. And this week for me was one of those weeks where I just fucking felt a bit shitter than usual. And... I just kind of felt like, oh, here, Connor, like, you know, maybe get a, try and get a job now, you know what I mean? You know, your savings are dwindling. Try and get a job and, um, you know, give give yourself give yourself the time until maybe COVID is done. And, um, you know, f- kind of put this thing to the side for the time being and then, and, and then, you know, come back to it when, when things start to open up a bit. And I, and I, and like, that's a very rational way of thinking but you know what it isn't it isn't chasing the fucking dream it isn't chasing my fucking dream it isn't chasing what sets my soul alight and that's what I promised myself that I would do so I had to really think through that and I had that crisis you know what I mean where um, I just felt like you know God you know there's not exactly you know um, uh, you know a, a massive uh, a massive fucking you know shift in in the way you want this to be going because you're not able to do as much stuff as you as you thought you would want to you know and i also realized like and i had to realize today 
and and over the last couple of days that you know I think that like you know if you eliminate loads of like bad things from your life and you fill it up with loads of good things right it doesn't make you bulletproof you know what I mean and what it actually made me realize is that like it's my a lot of it is to do with my thoughts and what I had to realize is none of my thoughts are either are, are either good or bad they're neither good nor bad they are just thoughts and they are not me or who I am they are just thoughts and the more I tried to push these thoughts about you know you know packing this all in and you know getting a job and doing all these things the more I tried to push those thoughts out of my head the more they wanted to go in so I had to just leave them in and and leave them sit try and figure out where they were coming from and it was just it was frustration you know I had given myself an opportunity in a long time to be frustrated and angry with life you know what I mean for for a couple of days you know just feel fucking angry you know and feel frustrated and feel like you know I'm an incredibly grateful for person and it's, it's it gives me an awful lot in my life but Jesus this week I just really wanted to just say fuck this is fucking shit you know and I wanted to get, give myself that fucking time to just shout at the heavens you know what I mean sometimes that can be good you know what I mean be nice to just fucking leave something out and then realise that you know hey it's okay we're going to get through it and it's this old mantra that I play in my head that no matter what life throws at me I am going to be okay I'm not going to be great I'm not going to be fantastic but I'm going to be okay I'm going to cope I'm going to be able to move forward and that's something that I've held very very dearly for the last couple of years is that I, whatever happens in my life I will be okay and that is very very true for you that is listening to this podcast right now we have ups and downs we will have our 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 good times and our bad times but i want you to know you will cope you will be fine and you will see it through and we are we are coming up we are coming up on uh, on an hour and i just wanted to say to you you know that this week was an opportunity for me if I wanted to to like pour petrol on these bad thoughts sorry not these bad thoughts I just said they're neither good nor bad pour petrol on these thoughts about my future that I was having these thoughts that weren't exactly a positive there was an opportunity for me to pour petrol on that and just fucking set it alight and to sabotage everything that I had been working for for the last two years there was that opportunity for me laid into my lap and I chose not to I chose to realize that this is a a day or a couple of days out of my entire life that I'm going to feel bad and that I'm going to be okay at the end of it and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to be able to get through it and I didn't pour that that petrol on that fire I did not fuel that fire. I allowed it to I allowed it to to burn. I allowed it to burn. I allowed those thoughts into my head, but I did not fuel it with, you know, you, you stop this, stop that, you know, cut that out. No, because my, my life is worth too much for me to pour petrol on those type of thoughts. 
and I'm able to move forward as such. And I'm and I'm and I'm entering now. I'm at, this is Saturday night, and I'm entering into a new week soon. I'm gonna and this is the you know the morning that this is released Monday morning, into a new week full of opportunity and full of hope. And I've gotten a few new patrons this week, which is very very you know wonderful, because this this podcast is completely independent and it you know I, I i don't have any major sponsors or anything like this it, you know i i i do this because i love it and i do it because you know i feel like i have a nice message to spread to people and then there are people that are on my patreon saying do you know what connor we also think that and that is a wonderful thing as a human being to know that people are backing you in that way you know what i mean that if you know somebody's out there and goes do you know what i actually would buy connor a coffee or I'd buy Connor a scone, or I'd buy him an old sandwich, an old sanger. You know what I mean? I'd buy him a sandwich if I saw him out. You know, people are doing that basically on the Patreon. Once a month, they're giving me the price of a coffee. You know what I mean? And the difference that makes in my life and allows me to make a living and allows me to actually, you know, think about moving this thing forward and bringing it bigger and better and moving it forward is just, it's just fantastic. It's phenomenal. And if you want to support me on Patreon, it's patreon.com forward slash flip the script with C. O'Keefe. And it's, it's also the link in my bio. And it's absolutely wonderful. Like, I will never, ever stop anybody from, from listening to this podcast because they're not a patron or whatnot. I'll never stop that. So whether you're a patron or not, you'll still be able to access the podcast. It's, you know, it's a it's a system that's, you know, basically based on being kind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Being kind to me and being kind to other people because if you're, if you're being a, a patron of the, the podcast, you're allowing it to continue for everybody that can afford to be a patron as well. You know what I mean? There, there are kids that are 16, 17 years old. They're doing their leaving certs and whatnot. They don't have jobs and they want to listen to the podcast and they can do so. They don't have to be patrons and they can, they can listen to that. And you're paying for them to, to listen to that. And I'm getting messages from these people saying that they love the podcast. You know what I mean? It's it's amazing. It's amazing that you know all of these patrons are not only you know helping me to to make a living, but they're also helping people that are you know fifteen, sixteen, seventeen years old that are listening to the podcast and really enjoying it. They're paying for them too. So, I just want to say thank you to everybody. Everybody that sent me a kind message of support. Everybody that that supported me on on Patreon. It's just absolutely amazing, and I, I'm just incredibly grateful. And it's uh, it, it it really is things like this that that uh, that give me heart and, and give me a uh, you know, if I am if I am in one of those days where I'm kind of feeling a bit iffy, you know, gives me one of those things that those pat on the back where you're just like, yeah, you know what, I'm doing something good here, and I'm and it's something worthwhile and something worth continuing. So we're coming up on um, an hour and five minutes here, so. I'd like to keep it to in around the hour mark, you know what I mean? So I'm going to end this up now. But what I'm going to say to you guys is that no matter what you are going through in your life right now, no matter no matter how big or small it is, it is something that you are going to be able to to get through and you will be okay at the end of it. I promise you. 
you will be you will be able to accept it and you will be able to move forward with it and you will be able to at times leave it in the past and show yourself that compassion and move forward because your life is a beautiful one and sometimes it can be very very difficult for us to see that and it took me an awful long time to really see the beauty of my life but there is there is a lot of beauty sometimes you have to dig deeper than others to really see the wonder and beauty that's in our lives but there is and you make it you create this beauty you create this beauty in your life so I want to wish you the very best of luck in creating that beauty with your life and as always I'm sending you peace and love Come